Scarantino, and this is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Every week, I'm going to be talking about a new topic to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I used to work as a bartender, and I lived in the New York City bar scene. I smoked between a pack or two a day, and I was what you'd call quite overweight. I learned that the secret to adopting a healthy lifestyle is a series of mindset shifts. Unfortunately, they don't always come with an owner's manual, so I decided to start this podcast to give you guys the nuts and bolts without you having to do all the research on your own. Getting healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and it actually can be quite a fun journey. I'm really excited to have you guys on that journey with me. Let's get off together. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Get the Fuck Off podcast. I am here with Jeremiah Saunders, who is a hypnotist and anxiety relief specialist. He's based in San Diego, California, and he reached out to me a little while ago about being on the podcast, and I have never had a hypnotist on my podcast, so I'm so excited to have you here, Jeremiah. Would you love to just tell everybody about who you are and and what you do, and we can kind of go from there, just like the basis of it. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, a little bit about me. I grew up in California, uh, grew up like the normal life, uh, came across hypnosis about like a year and a half ago and instantly fell in love with it, found out the tool and uh, pretty much like learned what I can actually do with it. And my own personal struggle with anxiety was literally for like 15 years long. And by me learning hypnosis, I want to use that as a tool to create massive shift in people's lives. I love it. I think that it's such important work. I actually have a, a friend of mine actually was hypnotized. Oh God, it's probably going back almost 30 years now for anxiety and claims has never had anxiety since. And I know that you do a whole bunch of things besides anxiety relief, but I noticed that your Instagram is really heavily focused on anxiety relief. Would you like to just tell me a little bit about um, just, just some of the, some of the foundations about how you, you approach working with your clients who have anxiety. Yeah. So, um, I struggled with it for 15 years. So I know like on the, kind of like, I know what it's like to be in people's shoes. So, uh, just, uh, going into like helping these people, like I know exactly what it's like. And, uh, my whole basis behind it is that like, I've, pretty much like messed my whole life up simply because I uh, let myself be the victim of my anxiety. And I know what, and thinking back, like I know like my life would have been like so so completely different had I not like let the anxiety always get the best of me. So like now I go in like just like seeing people how they struggle, uh, seeing people what they talk about, seeing people that really can do like some of the basic things that we can't really do. Like I know, so with anxiety, especially like it's really hard to live a normal life. Uh, like just like going out and about like a lot of people who struggle with it they also deal with like social anxiety and stuff like that um my whole basis behind it is like i want to give people the life that they deserve and they desire that of what they dream about for it but like how i normally move forward with it is i pretty much like get people to be present in the present moment because that's where like all the magic happens in life uh if you're present there's no such thing as anger there's no such thing as fear there's no such thing as depression any of that like when you're present, literally, like it's just complete, like pure bliss and like happiness. You get to, and you get to enjoy like what's here. So, absolutely, present moment so important. I think people often forget that there isn't a future. 
it's like not a thing. It doesn't exist. Um, the past is, is, is not a thing either. That's, that's over. So you really don't. And I think that's hard because people don't really think about that when they're, when they're thinking, I know that my clients certainly don't always have an easy time with this. I mean, some of, some of them have an easier time than others, but you mentioned your story a couple of times about dealing with anxiety and things that you've overcome in your own life. And you're obviously doing very well. Um, do you want to tell everybody a little bit about your story and kind of, kind of talk about what that was like for you? Yeah, definitely. So my anxiety all stems back from when I was like 11 year old child. Uh, there was uh, something that, so I had, I, grew, I had like a lot of allergies growing up and I had used like a particular lotion or something like that, like before I went to school. And then I just remember like I was in the middle of class and it started breaking out in hives. And then it was in the middle of class and my teacher is like giving a lecture to like 30 kids, right? And then I was like looking down, I was like, okay, like I need to go. <laughs> so I remember like I talked to her and then she stopped what she was doing to address me. And, and at that point in time, I had like 30 kids eyes on me. And like, she's like sitting there talking to me. And like, as an 11 year old child, like you're just, just like being in that situation. I was just like, oh no, like this is not for me. Right. Like I felt like such a nuisance. I felt like I shouldn't exist. Um, and like, I felt like it would be better off if I, I felt like it would be better if I did it, if I didn't exist, uh, simply because like, if I wasn't, if I didn't exist, I couldn't be in a situation to be a nuisance to somebody else. Now, um, so I learned this from like some work I did like not too long ago, but like I held on to that belief for like 15 years. And uh, uh, over time, so that happened when I was 11. Uh, I didn't really get like, it didn't get really bad for me until I turned like 14 when I was like in high school. Uh, and what ended up happening was it got so, uh, so severe to the point where like any situation that looks similar to like that, where I can be a, such a nuisance to a person, like I get panic attacks and it got down to the point where if I were to meet like a brand new person, just like one-on-one, uh, like I'd get like sweaty palms, a racing heartbeat, uh, burning sensation inside my chest, tingly arms to get nauseous and things like that. And over the course of like 15 years, I just got tired of it. Um, I want to say 10 years into my journey with uh, anxiety, uh, I just want to take a, I just want to take a stand against it because like for like 10 years, I kept running away from it. I was like, every time I come up, I just like run away. Like, so like, I was just very like to myself, like in high school and like growing up. And then like, it didn't. Did you have like friends at all? I mean, did you have, have a lot friends? Of like very little because <laughs> okay. like I wasn't, like I was in like that. So I was in like that social butterfly. So like, Funny thing is too, so before that, uh, before that event that happened when I was 11, I was a big social butterfly. Like I knew everybody, like I was friends with everybody and stuff like that. As soon as that event happened, like that's where it just like shifted for me. Um, and then, yeah, so like growing up, so like I got into business when I was like 19, 20. And like, that's when the anxiety started like pretty much like stopping me. So like, I couldn't do what I wanted to do because the anxiety was like stopping me. What was your business? Uh, I got into like network marketing. Okay. Yeah. So I, I started like diving into that realm and stuff like that. And like, I had a hard time talking to people. <laughs> like I couldn't call people on the phone. I couldn't meet new people. I'm just like, yo, like something has to change. And then uh, from there, I was just like, you know what? Like I got to take a stand against this. And then, so I got into door-to-door, -door, uh, into a door-to-door -door sales position. And which is Like, like did you actually thing. go door-to-door? -door? Like, is this, is this real or is this like a, like a, like a, a phrase for going door to door. Like, did you actually walk to people's doors? Yeah, I was a door to door salesman. For yeah, the the fuck, I didn't even, 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> yeah. even know that still existed. Yeah. Um, I was a door to door salesperson for the number two hated company at the time. Uh, literally, like you can Google it. <laughs> the number two hated company. That's how I found out about it. Um, so I was doing that. And for like literally a month straight, I did not get any better. So literally every single door that I walked, uh, like, walked up to, and I was like knocking on like anywhere between like 40 to like 60 doors a day, I was having a panic attack. I could not like, um, I could not compose myself. I was literally just like knocking on the door and I was just like, just like straight, like shocked. I was just like. <laughs> like, I, like, for the I listeners, he looked just frozen. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, yeah. I don't use video for the podcast, so, but he I'm was, sorry. he was just frozen solid. Yeah, I was frozen solid in every single one. And like, I literally could not compose myself. And like, after like a month straight of like doing it, like I was not getting any better. Like you would think that like with some time, like you would kind of ease into it, you'd be good. But like, not like with me, literally every single day, like I was just like, just like always stressing out. And then uh, there was a, there was a video that I came across uh, from Jordan Belfort. He's one of the sales trainers out there. He mentioned something called NLP on it. And like that intrigued me. So I watched the video and when I looked that video up, it was a video of a dude who showed me how to be depressed and happy within like a, like one minute. And he all did it with like, and like he all did it in like a minute. And showed me like, yo, like you have control over your mind. You can do this. I didn't do any of this to you. I just guided you to do it. So with that, I learned how to be like confident. I learned how to be happy. I learned how to be like calm and like just reserved. And when I, I took that video and literally like the next day I went to work and I was able to be like confident and just like calm at every single door. One just video. Like, yeah, one video. So for, the, like for those of you who are listening, NLP is neuro-linguistic programming, which Jeremiah, since you have now, you're certified in NLP, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So do you want to tell everybody a little bit about what NLP is? And then we can go back to your story of, of the next day after the video. <laughs> <laughs> so NLP, uh, you hear like a bunch of different definitions from like a lot of people. Uh, the way I learned it is like the study of excellence. So NLP uses a bunch of techniques uh, derived from like all these, like the best ways of doing a particular thing. So like there's like NLP for sales. There's NLP for state management. There's NLP for like pain loss and stuff like that. NLP is just pretty much utilizing the way your mind works and um, yeah, just like pretty much like using the, using the, using the way that your mind works in a way that actually benefits you. Uh, so uh, back to the story. Uh, I was, oh yeah. So literally in the, like the next day, like it was completely 180. So like I went from like having all these panic attacks at the door to straight up just being like calm and like confident at the door and like having being able to finally have a normal conversation uh like just like like how you and i like we're doing it right now yeah, yeah. Like, right like how you and i are having one and uh what ended up happening was like uh like from that point on i just like knew it was like yo like i got control over my anxiety from that that from that moment on, i was like okay like yo this is done and then over the years i started like studying it more and then about like a year and a half ago I came across a company that was uh, certifying people in hypnosis. I'm like, okay, like, let me try that. And then, uh, so I went, uh, just went for it. And from here on out, it's just been like, I've been gun, guns a blazing. So, so tell everybody. So for people that are curious and I'm, I'm kind of, you know, while I know a bit about NLP, 
Um, I'm actually in the process of getting certified in NLP right now, even though I use it frequently in my coaching, but I don't know anything about hypnosis. I'm not, I am, I'm going in blind here. So would you like to tell myself and my audience, um, our audience about what hypnosis is? Yeah. So hypnosis like NLP is just pretty much a tool to create like rapid change. So hypnosis is something that we all come across every single day. And what it is, is a uh, hypnosis is just a tool to get you down to a particular brainwave state called the alpha state, where uh, when you get down to this particular uh, brainwave state, your mind becomes much more suggestible. And when we get down to that suggestible state, the hypnotist uses suggestions to create this rapid shift in your life. Now, um, we go into this uh, particular state twice a day minimum. And then depending on like what we get into, we'll determine like how many like times we get into as well. But the first, uh, the first state that you're getting into is when you are uh, waking up. And the second time you're getting into it is when you're going to sleep. So you may have saw those videos online where they say like, hey, watch this before you go to sleep. Simply because like, and then like, it's all these like affirmations and stuff like that. Uh, they're taking, uh, they're taking advantage of the fact that you're going into that uh, alpha wave, that alpha brainwave state, so you can get programmed in the way that that video is like doing it. And uh, as far as a example that I want to give all you guys, uh, you have all watched the movie Titanic, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. uh, now, the movie Titanic, uh, you guys all remember the scene where Leonardo DiCaprio, he is uh, laying in the water uh, and talking to his, uh, to his woman. And then he just pretty much like just goes off and like dies in the water. Now, consciously, you don't know, you know that stuff is fake. You knew it was fake, but yet you responded emotionally to it as if it was really happening. Now, him, what hypnosis does is it taps into your subconscious minds and creates the feelings, the emotions, and the habits that we generate on a day-to-day -day basis. So with hypnosis, we use it as a tool to reprogram that to go ahead and, uh, create a beneficial way of thinking to create a beneficial, like have like habitual process as well as creating like these beneficial like feelings you're experiencing. So you can move in the direction that you actually want. And so like, like we can think positive thoughts all we want, but it's another thing to naturally think positive thoughts. Like you can, uh, you can think to breathe, but at the end of the day, like your body's just going to breathe on its own. So hypnosis, you can pretty much do the same thing, but with like, with your train of thought. I think a lot of people don't realize how, how responsible our subconscious mind is for so many things. I mean, they talk about how, and, and different people that I follow will talk about how, and I've actually learned this in a, in a program that I was just in recently about how your subconscious loves questions. So if you're asking questions to yourself, like, why don't I have any money? Why am I always late? Why am I always, and you're asking these questions, your subconscious almost wants to create a reality that, that will reinforce the questions. So if you say things to yourself, like, why am I so happy? Why am I doing so well? Why do I feel so great? Your subconscious mind will aid in creating a reality of happiness and wealth and things like that. Our subconscious is so huge, but you were talking about alpha wave states. So 
for those of you who are listening, most of the time, I would say how many, and Jeremiah, you would know the exact time, the exact percentage, but most of our life we spend in what's called beta or high beta brainwaves. That's our thinking brain. Our alpha waves, as Jeremiah said, is in the morning and at night when we're first waking up, first going to sleep. There are ways though to, I mean, I know that I try to get to an alpha and maybe even sometimes theta wave state by meditation. If somebody isn't very well versed in meditation and comes to you for hypnosis, what are the, what's the process to be able to get them to slow down enough where they get to that alpha wave state? Pretty much I guide them down, like using my, uh, I like, I have like particular inductions where I just like have them relax. So like hypnosis is actually very similar to meditation. Uh, so only difference between hypnosis and meditation is that with hypnosis, there is a very specific intention behind it. When you meditate, you're just uh, being calm and like at one and you're just like shutting off all the uh, outside, uh, outside stimulus and like all your like thoughts. Like you just mm-hmm. like kind of like pretty much just like relax with hypnosis is the same thing as just that there's a very specific intention behind it. So it wouldn't be much different from me, like having to help you like meditate. Okay. And so these people, so you are, we're going to talk about your clients. So like, I know that we had talked about, about possibly you mentioning some of the people that you've worked with. So can you tell me a little bit about some people that you've worked with and, and the different things that they have you know, struggled with and ways that you've helped them? Yeah, so there is one woman uh, who she's in her 50s and she struggled with anxiety for over like 30 years. And it came to, yeah. Uh, And I like to uh, ask my clients like on a scale from like one to 10, like how extreme their anxiety is. She was at like a level 10 and uh, she was claustrophobic. Uh, She always had, uh, so she works in the, She's in the medical office, so she has to so she has to wear like two masks and stuff like that. And very frequently, she would have to like uh, like kind of step to the side because she would always like have like a little panic attack. And uh, like after my session with her, she can wear two two masks without like a single thought. Like it's just like normal to her. And she's also finally able to get into an elevator without having a second thought too. So, so walk me through that. So she comes to you, and what are some of the beliefs that or or some of the things that she was holding on to that you had to work with her to be able to, to re, to, to kind of tap into her subconscious and change? Like, what are some specifics? So with her, I didn't have a deep enough session with her to the point where like I asked her, like I got her, like where I found out like her core beliefs. Uh, I do have another story where I can tell you about that particular one. Okay. This particular one. Uh, yeah. So this lady, like, uh, I was just like, uh, this particular lady, like I just like did like a little quick one and she experienced like a massive shift. Uh, another person who I want to tell you about, uh, so he had a lot of re- uh, relationship anxiety. Uh, so he could never be in a relationship and just like not stress out about his girlfriend when he wasn't around. Uh, so like he was always like treating her like trash. He was always just like always worried about like at the, like, at, at the back of his head, he's thinking like, okay, like what she's doing. Like she always, he always had this belief that she was going to leave him for somebody cooler than him. And uh, I actually walked him through a process. It's called uh, regression, where I took him back to like these key points in time that made him believe uh, and like made him be the way that who he is like today. And the core beliefs that he had was that, uh, that he, he thought his girlfriend was going to cheat, uh, like, was in like, he, he thought his girlfriend was going to like leave him for somebody cooler. 
And uh, it, there was like a handful of other ones, but the main one that very stood, that particularly stood out to me was when he was uh, five years old and uh, his, uh, he got an older brother and he remember like he was crying in his, uh, in his bedroom because his older brother was hanging out with his friends. And I asked him like, yo, like, so what does this scene mean to you? He thought that like, uh, uh, that, this part, my friend thinks her they're my brother's cooler than me so therefore they're going to leave me and abandon me so, so this is so this person is is actually not necessarily worried about his girlfriend leaving but rather is replaying a scene yeah. from an earlier that's common i think that i've seen that a lot with a lot with my clients and and you know you know as well as i do usually people don't get into this line of work unless they have a personal attachment to it. Like nobody just decides, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go become a hypnotist to work with people with anxiety, unless you have a personal attachment. Like we, we do this because we understand the methods and the pathways. So as a coach, I also kind of experienced this where when I work with clients, I have to do the inner work too. I could never ask a client to do inner work that I haven't myself done. So this is common for people. And I've noticed it with myself is like, Who's actually upset here? Is it Andy or is it like six-year-old Andy who is upset over this situation with mom and dad and brothers and things like that? Because that's real. Like a lot of times we don't really heal those previous, those, we don't really heal from those previous times. We just construct an ego that just keeps getting bigger and it just kind of things stay unresolved for fucking 40 years. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. And like a lot of us don't even know that 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 particular thing like exists and it's like still running to this day. Like um, he did not know that. Like he didn't even remember that. Like when I, because uh, like in the session, I'll ask him like, yo, so like, what do you think is an issue? And he told me something when he was like 16. And then like when I took him into the session, like it actually happened to be like when he was like that five or six year old and he's like crying in his room because like his like, he thought like his friends are going to leave him for his like brother because they're cooler than him. But like, so like now after the session, like he's having an amazing relationship with his girlfriend. Like he doesn't have a second thought when she's like not with him. And like, they're having like a really healthy relationship now. So that's pretty quick. I mean, that is a, that is pretty, it's pretty impressive though, that somebody can make that amount of progress in such a short time. I mean, I'm almost like, it's like, do you have like a roadmap to that? Like how, how do you get somebody to be able to recall those kinds of things so quickly? So uh, the so the number one thing about sub, the subconscious mind it has perfect memory. So from the moment you were born until this very day, it's been pretty much like recording every single thing. And now they say that your memory fades. No, that's like you not being able to consciously remember stuff. Uh, with like hypnosis, like people are able to res, uh, recall like things that happened years ago as if it re, as if it happened like right now. Uh, so like with hypnosis, uh, where I took that that gentleman across who had the uh the relationship anxiety like i took him back to like three different scenes all like years like away from each other like he's 25 right now yeah he was like 25 first thing i took him he was like 16 next scene he was like 10 and like the the last scene he was like five or six and like he literally relived those memories of it as if it happened today so your subconscious mind has perfect memory this is fascinating yeah. to me. Maybe you can tell me about this. This is, and again, I, for the listeners, I have never, Jeremiah and I have never had this conversation before. So this is kind of all, this is new to me and I'm excited about it. 
So I, in meditation, a couple of different times have recalled very random memories from my past. And I, one time was in my parents' old kitchen. And I remembered very clearly the telephone that they had at the end of the counter. And like this, they had this basket of things that, and I mean, I mentioned it to my mother and and I told her about it. I said, you know, I was meditating and I saw this, this was what the kitchen, she said, oh my God, I we did have that there. Like that did look like that. Are you telling me that everything that has ever happened to me still exists in my, in my brain right now? Like I remember, like I actually remember, get the fuck out of here. This is great. Or is it bad? I mean, is that, is that part of the reason? One of my, uh, one of my mentors um, has a terrible memory. Just, just, (laughs) and I always tease him and call him a goldfish. And, uh, I, I always tell him he needs to have a better memory. And he always tells me that he's trying to let go of what little memory he has left. And (laughs) it is like when you're in a situation, but I get what he's saying. And he's saying it for a lot of the same reasons as we're talking about that people's memories can keep them stuck, you know, people's memories and attachment to memories can keep. So when you're taking clients through these old memories, is there a way that you can renegotiate those memories or are there a way that, or are they just always going to be like, be there? Like there's no way to erase them. Right. There are, or is there? So yes and no. So uh, there is tools in hypnosis where we can like uh, install amnesia within people. Uh, Like I don't really like going that route. Uh, the method that I use is that, so we can't change the past, but we can change exactly how we perceive that past memory. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, so with back to that client who had the relationship anxiety, he made this belief that like someone's cooler than me. So like, they're gonna, like, they're gonna, they're eventually gonna like not like me anymore. And just like, go up and go elsewhere. Uh, I'm, uh, now for a six year old, that's completely normal to, for them to think that. Because uh, you're six years old, you're not really that as wise as you would be now that you're in your twenties, thirties, forties. Now, what ends up happening is like that little five, six year old is like now coming up to you, like still coming out, like as you're this grown adult. Now, we can't change what happened in the past, but I can change how you perceive that particular memory. Now, so the story in his head was that like, hey, like, like someone's cooler than me, so they're obviously gonna take like my friend or my girlfriend or whatever. Uh, what I installed in him was that like, I'm not that little six-year-old child anymore. I'm a cool person. Like people can, people can find other people cooler than me. I'm not completely fine with that. Cause like a lot of it like had to deal with like him, like being perceived as like lower value than other people. Like he put other people on pedestals as well. So I just like use some like my tools to uh, recreate and just like create this new belief in him that is like, yo, like you're not that little child anymore. You are grown. You are confident. You are able to be yourself and be completely fine with it and just like not care what other people think. So we have a lot of that. I think I, I work with clients a lot on, on renegotiating identity and thinking about, you know, your value as a human. We as humans often have these ideas that we're not enough or that we're, you know, not worthy or not capable or any of those things. And uh, you were mentioning your tools. Can you talk about some of those tools with the listeners and what that's like, or or is it a secret? Is it something that you're you can freely share? Tools. <laughs> tools. Yeah, you got a skill set. Yeah. Uh, 
well, there's like a handful of stuff that I like to walk my people, uh, my clients through. Um, a lot of it like heavily relies on like visualization and stuff like that. Uh, that's like a like a big main one of like a part of my practice. Another one I like to do is uh, the inner child. Uh, so I like to have my clients imagine uh, where uh, they're walking into the house that the household that they uh, grew up in. And I want them to imagine themselves like walking to the, the bedroom that they used to like stay in. And when they open the door, they see the five-year-old version of themselves. And the five-year-old version of them looks, uh, looks back at you and it knows exactly you. And I'll have them like pretty much go up to them and like hug them. And I have them say all the things that they wish they would have uh, been told uh, as a young child. Like maybe like they thought they were ugly as like, or maybe they weren't loved. And just to like tell them like all these amazing things that you wish you were told. So things like, yo, like you are loved. You're gonna grow up and be amazing. You are fantastic. You are an amazing uh, human child. And like so on, like so forth. Uh, because like a lot of people, like especially like growing up, like uh, we've taken on like all these like labels, like from like our parents, maybe like they're probably just like messing around and like just like being angry, just like saying some things that they shouldn't have said. And like, we took it as like a, like actual fact about us or like, you know, like we're young, like, so like kids are gonna like talk all the shit they want. <laughs> and like, we it's took real. like, yeah. It's real, it, it is, and we do, and we do that. And I was reading a couple of months ago, uh, a friend of mine, she's also a coach, told me to read The Map to Abundance by Bonnie Lonsberry. And I, I picked this book up because I, one of my limiting beliefs is around abundance. And it all kind of happened because my parents, my, my parents lost their home when I was young. And you don't realize, I didn't realize for like over, over 25 years that this affected me. Like, I was just like, oh yeah, my, my parents, they lost their home, big deal. But like, it affected me and I never really realized that. So I was reading this book and it's about allowing abundance into your life and how people have limiting beliefs around abundance because of things that happen. And she encourages you to, in meditation, revisit both your child self and your adolescent self and imply a lot of those same strategies. Visit your child self. A lot of people that are listening to this are probably going to be like, Andy, this is a crack of shit, but I swear to you, this is not a crack of shit. I swear to you, it's not a crack of shit because you're, because you are holding on to things from that time. And unless you can resolve and think about it differently, you may continue to hold on to shit from that time. So these are, these are real things. And I mean, you, you've obviously studied this. You've been working with people. You were certified in this. What would you, do you encounter a lot of skepticism from, from people in your life? Or, I mean, I'm sure your clients are not skeptical of your practices, but I mean, people like that you just meet regularly, like in the world, you know, friends, family, how do they feel about the work that you're doing and what do they think about it? I guess they're 50, 50. So, (laughs) so like, um, half the people I meet, they're like really intrigued by it. The other half is just like, Oh, you do hypnosis. Like what? (laughs) But like, I I cater to the people who actually want to hear what I got to say. So like my family, like, like once this is like completely all about it, she's like, oh my God, like that's like awesome and stuff like that. And I actually like hypnotize her like and like helped her with some stuff before. Uh, like the rest of my family, they're just like, oh, like that's like that freaking like weird, like voodoo, like woo-woo stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you can't, 
uh, I'm not convincing the people who don't want to be convinced. So but this is the kind of thing about the ego. So I was thinking I was just talking to a friend of a friend. I'm, I'm always telling these stories like, well, I was just talking to this person. But I was I was just talking to somebody the other day. We were talking about we're in a meditation group together. And she said, oh, yeah, my you know, a bunch of people in my life kind of think that it's, you know, it's a little bit of a cult. And I said, who cares? Like, who cares? Because people that are not in the game of self-improvement always are that way. And a lot of times I think people stop themselves from improving in their own lives because they don't want to seem some type of way like, oh, it's voodoo. Oh, it's this. Oh, it's that. But it's like, bitch, you're the one that's standing still. Like, do you want do you want to fix something not fix I shouldn't use the word fix do you want to improve your quality of life or would you rather call it a bunch of hoopla and just keep living with whatever happens to be plaguing you at that time which in your case was anxiety like you were unwilling to continue to be anxious you were unwilling to continue for people that haven't experienced anxiety, do you want to break down anxiety a little bit for the listeners? Like what it is, what it feels like, what a panic attack feels like, what all of that is. Okay. So I want to, for those who struggle with anxiety and those who never struggle with it, I want to, I like to talk about anxiety in the most simplistic way possible. And I want to give my clients a new perspective on it just so like, it's that much more easier to like, become like relieved from it and like actually get a hold of it. Now, I like to describe anxiety as the state of being in fear from your own thoughts. So anxiety, like you are literally, so you're literally in a state of fear from your own thoughts. Now, fear is very real. Do not get me wrong. Like uh, fear is your body's uh, response to particular danger in your, in your environment. So like, let's say there is a live tiger that's in your room right now you're going to feel like all the, like the adrenaline, you're going to feel the fire flight. You're going to feel like the burning sensation. You're going to feel all sweaty. Your heart rate's going to, your heartbeat's going to like uh, go shoot through the roof. Uh, now that's completely normal because there's going to be a live tire in the room and you're, that's something that you're typically going to experience. Now anxiety is me telling you that like, Hey, so in like 30 minutes, there's a live tire that's going to be coming through this room. And while right now you're presently safe and sound, for the next 30 minutes, your mind is starting to race of the thought from that uh, that, that tiger coming through uh, through the uh, through the room. And while you're safe and sound, your mind is racing on it, and your body your your body's experiencing the state of fear as if that tiger was actually really, really there, because uh, the mind does not know between what's fake and what's not. Uh, if you sit here and think about something, like you sit there and like if you think about something in the past. You can pretty much, you're pretty much reliving all, you're reliving it now. You're reliving it as if you're living it right now. That's why when you think of a sad memory, you're going to feel sad. When you feel, when you think of an angry memory, you're going to feel angry. Same thing happens with like fear and like anxiety. If you think of something that's going to make you fearful, like something that you don't want, your body's going to experience it as if it's happening right now. And this is why people have like all these like panic attacks and things like that. And what a panic attack is just pretty much, the most intense form of anxiety that you can ever experience. I really don't wish this upon anybody. Literally feels like you're dying. Um, everybody has some little tiny difference to it. Like uh, a lot of people feel like more nauseous and stuff like that. Me personally, I got a very uh, hot burning sensation inside my chest. I got like tingly arms, got the sweaty palms, racing heartbeat and things like that. But yeah. 
I remember being 27 and having my first panic attack and I thought, oh my God, this is it. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm having a heart attack. It's absolutely happening. I don't even remember what caused it. Do you read any Dr. Joe Dispenza? Are you familiar with Dr. Joe? I brushed up uh, uh, on like some of his content in the past, but like, so, I like, uh, like, I like his message though, like rewire the brain. He's really, he, I mean, but he talks about the same thing that you're talking about right now about reliving and how the brain does not know the difference. And for the listeners, this is true. What Jeremiah is talking about, not that I'm, not that I'm more of an authority than he is. I mean, but this, there's a lot of people that have studied, that have studied it and written books on this very thing. And Dr. Joe Dispenza happens to be one of them. And he talks about how people can actually cause not just panic attacks, like I've had panic attacks, you've had panic attacks, but people that subject themselves to this prolonged stress year after year, decades, can cause themselves to have cancer. I mean, to have all sort of coronary artery disease. I mean, all kinds of really awful terminal conditions because long prolonged exposure to sort of stress like that can do those kinds of things. And so people often, I mean, that's a, Dr. Joe is an extreme. That's why I was bringing him up um, because he was talking about not, he's not an extreme, but he works with people in extreme cases who have actually caused in their own lives, different, very serious ailments, just because they had like a traumatic event happen in their life. Like, uh, I think one, uh, he mentions in one of his books, one, I think it was becoming supernatural, the, a woman whose husband committed suicide and he committed suicide. in I think a pretty public way. And I, I, if I, I might be wrong on this, don't quote me, but I think the husband committed suicide. And because of that stress of that and her continuing to relive that trauma, she actually her health just degraded so badly because we don't know. I mean, imagine like your house is burning down and you have the trauma of that. And then you relive it as if your house is burning for the next 20 years. Like you never really get, you never settle, like you never move forward. You're just, you're continuously in that state. So I think that's why the work that you do, especially is so important because not everybody can get themselves to, to a place where they can they can work through that on their own. You know, I mean, not everybody can meditate. Not everybody can settle down. Not everybody can get past their anxiety. Do you have anything else to talk about with anxiety in terms of like your own anxiety or anybody else's anxiety in some, in some ways that you've been able to, I know that you were saying that you have different strategies for people with anxiety. If you wanted to share some of those. Oh yeah. So if, uh, people don't like to go the hypnosis route, uh, like I like working with them, like um, just like in a really brief manner. Uh, I like to get my people to meditate. Uh, so I preach meditation a lot simply because like you're learning to get control of your mind and you're learning to cut things out. Uh, you're getting to like be just like one, just like shut things off. So that's like my first tip for people. The second tip is like positive affirmations. And I like to talk about like positive affirmations because like as you are saying these positive affirmations, you are literally programming your mind to work in the way that you want. And uh, when people use uh, affirmations, uh, like I want them to like, to go in the way that they actually wanna go instead of like saying what they don't want. So like people shouldn't be saying like, I don't want anxiety. I don't wanna be anxious all the time. They should really start saying it's like, I'm a confident person. I'm a person mm-hmm. who is calm, who is peaceful. I am able to compose myself in these 
social settings or however like they choose to like do it like these people like when we say positive affirmations we have to say it in the way that we actually want and uh by saying positive affirmations enough like you are literally pre you're literally programming your mind to function in the way that you do because if you really think about it you have programmed your mind to be anxious you have programmed your mind to be depressed you're programmed your mind to be whatever particular way that you are right now you program it that way and since you can do it that way you can also do it the other way too so. so how would you explain that to somebody? Because I'm sure that I think one of the, my biggest hurdles in life was that I thought I knew everything. So once I acknowledged that I didn't know crap, that was when things started to get better. How would you be able to tell somebody in a, in a way that they would be receptive to it, that they are responsible for their own programming? I pretty much. Okay. So, so that's also a double-edged sword right there. I like to say Simply because like there are things in our life that we cannot control what happens to us. But at the same time, we can't control what happens to us. We can control how we perceive and like what, how we move forward from it. Now, like, for instance, so like uh, when I was 22, I was in a job and like it is at one day, like it just like the door just like shut. They said like, oh, like uh, this, this business is like no longer up and running. Like you guys pretty much have to like fend for yourself. Now, uh, now there was probably like 10 people that were working there at the time. There was one particular coworker who was like stressing out. She was freaking out. She was like, oh my God, like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. See, like that was her, me. Uh, so I've been like, I also like drove Uber at the time too. And like, I wasn't really stressing about the job. So I was actually like pumped up. I was like, yo, like I got fired. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> now, so like, so that right there just shows that like we're not in control of what happens to us we can control what we do because of it though right and but, you like, see that with, with covid i mean there are some people that i mean everything went to hell for them because that was how they responded and then there were some people yeah. that flourished and had because it was happening it was happening regardless it was yeah, happening. last year was the best year for me to be honest oh really yeah, last year was the best year for me. And like, so it's also like, yo, it's like, it's it's not what happens to you. It's how you move forward with it. Right. But, um, like, yeah, like there's things that suck, but I just took it as like, a, I just took it as a learning experience. And like, it's all like mindset too. So like what, what I like to uh, tell people too is like uh, only way a uh, arrow can move forward if you pull it back. So when like life is dragging you down, just think that it's going to be shooting you into something uh, like a much more greater. These are all really valuable, really valuable, valuable things. I think that more people need to have faith and trust that this is, that these are things that are correct because a lot of people do not understand the power of words. But as you deal with the subconscious, you know that the words that we say, the stories that we tell ourselves, the things we affirm to ourselves are what's creating everything around us. So you can, you know, if you're saying things to yourself about, you were talking um, in your last, uh, as you were talking just a minute ago about, you shouldn't say, I wish I didn't have anxiety. What you should say is I am a confident person. Can you explain why? Okay, so your mind cannot process uh, negatives at all. So right now, I'm going to tell you, do not think of a pink elephant. And right now, your mind just thought of a pink elephant, so you know not to think about it. So when you say that I do not have anxiety, 
all your mind's really thinking of is like, okay, like it's putting anxiety in your head so you know not to like, you're not gonna experience it. But at the end of the day, you're still thinking about anxiety. So you have to put like a completely brand new picture uh, because your, your mind, uh, your subconscious mind thinks in uh, pictures, sounds and feelings. So you have to give it something brand new that has nothing to do with whatever issue that you're dealing with. So when you say like, oh, I'm confident, like that's a completely different feeling than anxious. That's a completely different word. And like your way of being is completely different from, a confident person is completely different from someone who's anxious. So when you start giving yourself that affirmation, like I'm a confident person, I'm peaceful, I'm cool, calm, and collective. Those are completely different those have those hold like different feelings those hold different images and those hold different like sounds to the subconscious mind compared to anxiety uh so when you're saying like uh when you're saying it in like the way that you actually want like you're just giving your like, your mind like a new way of like thinking so like they say like oh you can't um you can't stop bad habits like you actually can is this that like you got to stop the ways of thinking you got to stop the action like you it has to be um they said like uh when you, if you were to stop one bad habit, you have to replace it with another. Like you got to stop that habit of thinking of like thinking like I'm anxious and you got to replace it with a new habit of thinking of like I'm confident. Right. Absolutely. I, I talk to, I talk about this a lot on the Get the Fuck Off podcast. So you're in the right place. But I talk a lot about it with, with drinking. Like, and even when I quit smoking cigarettes, like I smoked cigarettes for 18 years, I quit smoking. And the only way to do it was to change the way that I thought about life from here forward. So I couldn't think, oh, I can't have this because that doesn't, that doesn't work. That doesn't do anything. That just makes you want things. What, what it was, was I had to think about life is really good now. This is life is great. Now life is better. Now life is wonderful now. And that works, but it doesn't work when you're hanging on to the, the old thing at all. I mean, it really doesn't. I mean, and this is, this is important. It's kind of like what you're talking about, about where you put your focus, you know, humans are always either running towards something or running away from something. But if you're focused on what you're running away from, you're still focused on that thing. Yeah. Definitely. You know, I, I hated my job. I might've mentioned that 35,000 times for my regular listeners about how much I hated this job. But I hate my job. And I always, always like, why can't I leave this job? Because the job was the only focus. Like all I was doing was focusing on the job. When I wasn't at the job, I was thinking about how much I didn't want to be at the job anymore. So it was like every minute of my life was actually focused on this job that I couldn't stand because I wasn't thinking new thoughts. So new thoughts. I love new thoughts. I love this work. It's really awesome. When you are, give me um. Just really quickly, like, so somebody comes to work with you, what can they expect? Uh, they're going to be very relaxed. I'm going to show them uh, what hypnosis actually is and what it actually isn't. Kind of like debunk the misconceptions that they may have seen in the past. Um, and like through that, like I walk them through a process, uh, depending on like how, like also like in the thing, like I'll depend, I'll determine like how deep of like a hypnosis they need to go into. If they're like not that bad, like this is gonna be a rather quick hypnosis session. If they're like super deep, that's where I'll go into like the much more like heavier stuff or like the regression. And I take them through like when they're talking to their younger child and things like that. Uh, but like throughout throughout it all, it's gonna it's a very relaxing, it's like comedy experience, like something that like like you never like thought of before. Uh, it's like one of it's a it's a one of a kind of experience <laughs> like that. 
like I've been hypnotized before and like literally every single time is just like the most relaxing thing I've ever done. And like you're, it's just amazing too. Just like also just learning why you've become the way that you are because of some things in the past. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's definitely clarity. How long do people work with you for? Is it, is it just a couple of times that they come and see you or is it a more prolonged experience? I like doing one and done. Uh, I feel like uh, if like, so for the most part, like a lot of my clients that I deal with, it's like pretty much like a one-time thing because like I'm able to, the tools that I have in place are actually able to like create that big of a shift, like right then and there. Uh, if for whatever reason that they're still experiencing it, like some anxiety to like some extent, I work with them a second time and that second session is going to completely wipe them out from it. But for the most Confident. part, most of it, yeah. you are confident do you really have to work with people in person in san diego or do you work with people online as well i do all online uh so uh that's the beauty of it like people can be in the comfort of their own homes uh because especially people like dealing with anxiety like last thing they want to do is just like come up to some office that they've never been to <laughs> so i had another um another person that was actually on my podcast we were talking and he's a therapist and he was saying you know, with, with COVID, I mean, Zoom made it so easy because people just, people wanted to show up for their appointments. You know, you want to come to the office, a lot of, a lot of cancellations, life gets in the way. I mean, but when you do things online, I mean, you can go and be in the shower, which, and then 10 minutes later, you could be on a Zoom call with, with, you guys could be on a Zoom call with Jeremiah. He can be working with you on your anxiety. That, and I think that's really cool. That's probably why you flourished so well in the COVID year. Yeah, <laughs> I really did from that. I wish you guys could see his smile. It's awesome. But just, <laughs> I think that you're doing great work, Jeremiah. Congratulations on all of it. Um, can you just one last thing, just tell everybody where they can find you? Sure. So you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my user, my username is Jeremiah underscore Saunders. That is uh, J-E-R-E-M-I-A-H underscore S-A-U-N-D-E-R-S. And I also have a private Facebook group where I go more into, into depth with anxiety, where I'm more intimate with uh, my clients in there. And I'm like dealing with more people like one-on-one -on -one doing very specific and unique videos catered towards the people who are in there. And that is a facebook.com slash groups slash eliminate your anxiety. Amazing. Jeremiah, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was super great. Thank you. Thank you for having me on this. And it was a pleasure being with you. Awesome conversation with Jeremiah Saunders this week on the Get the Fuck Off podcast. If you guys are experiencing anxiety, I highly recommend you go over to his Instagram and check it out. I'll be back next week with another episode of the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Until then, you can visit me on my website, getthefuckoff.com, or email me, Andy, A-N-D-E-E, -E, at getthefuckoff.com. If you guys want to be a guest on the Get the Fuck Off podcast, definitely reach out to me because I'm always looking for inspirational people to come and share their stories with my audience, give my listeners a lot of value. So definitely reach out to me. And, uh, yeah, I'll be seeing you guys next week. Take care, be safe, and we'll see you back here next Monday. Thank you.